0: Did you know that the first computer can be traced all the way back to Adam and Eve? They were the first ones to ever use a computer. It was an Apple, and just like all apples, all Apple, all Apple devices, it has limited memory uh, and just one byte. Then everything crashes. Killer tech on this biblical episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Hail Satan! hello and welcome to another episode of attack of the killer podcast I'm your host insane Mike and this is episode 280 we will be talking about killer tech in this day and age of advanced technology such as car phones walkman's and video cassette recorders we are truly living in the future but the future can be scary and the films we have lined up for this episode pack a megabyte
1: oh, Jesus. <sighs>
0: Attack of the Killer podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends get together with a topic and we discuss films within that topic. Now we're all just friends hanging out, talking horror movies, so there may be spoilers. You've been warned. If this is your first time listening to Attack of the Killer podcast and you're already hooked, you should become a supporter of the show. You can help keep the show alive by going to jointheattackers.com and donate to the show. When you do support us, you become part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family. We call those people the Attackers. Being an attacker, you get all kinds of cool stuff. You can get your very own membership card, certificate, and sticker. Uh, There are bonus episodes, videos, early access to the main show, shout-outs on the show, invites to our monthly horror hangout and watch parties, and even you get an... an invite to the exclusive chat called Attack of the Killer Chat. You can also get like shirt or even original art by me, Insane Mike, called Mikey's Monsters, where I draw you as a monster of my choice. You can get all that sweet bonus content, and all you have to do is go to join the attackers.com.
1: Like they forgot who was talking to them. Okay. They might, that was good. They might. That was if it's good. their
0: first time listening.
1: It's true. They don't all know. Right.
0: And now it is time to introduce you to the podcast crew. He got fired from his job at the keyboard
1: factory because he was not doing enough shifts. Jason! Hey everybody! You just it's puns now that this, this guy. Thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate you being here. His iPhone stopped working. Hey, this is
0: no joke. It's dead serious. Tad. My iPhone works just fine. Hi, guys. His phone wears glasses because it (laughs) lost its contacts. Andy! (laughs) Yeah.
2: That that joke was so bad, it stunk. was Last but not least, our first
0: special guest (laughs) from the Brett and Tony podcast with Ash and Abe, and a graduate from the National University of Science and Technology. Ah, yes. Good old NUST. It's not called National University of Technology and Science. That would be nuts. Brett Royer, everybody! <laughs> hey, guys. Excited. And we are excited yeah. to have you here. Yeah. Shutter. Yeah. It's an amazing streaming service that all horror fans should have, from classic horror to foreign films and even Shudder originals. There is something for every type of horror fan. If you have not subscribed yet to Shudder, you should start by getting a month of Shudder for free thanks to us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Enter our promo code AOTKP and you get a month of Shudder absolutely for free. Free? Free. Again, that promo code is AOTKP. And speaking of P, that's what I'm going to do while Tad takes over with what we watched. What
3: we watched. It's been a pretty strong uh, start for horror in this year. Uh, and I'm not sure, is he actually peeing, Jason? No.
0: I, I okay, am, then I am, Mike,
3: sitting here. <laughs> Mike. Mike, what have you watched?
0: Oh, hey, well, um, I have quite the diverse... <laughs> selection of things that i've watched this time i'm going to start off by saying i watched teen titans go and the dc supergirls mayhem into the multiverse
1: easy for you to say
0: so how was it okay so like the Teen titans go y- cartoon show <laughs>
4: <laughs> the teen yeah, titans well, go
0: cartoon show is kind of like uh, it's funny for 30 seconds and it and but they but i've really enjoyed the movies so that right up did. your alley When they did Teen Titans Ghost in the movies, um, that's when Simon was still into Teen Titans Go. So that was a few years back, and uh, it was really way better than it should have been. So then they did a direct-to-DVD movie of Teen Titans Go meets, or versus, or meets, I don't remember, Teen Titans. So it was like the two different Teen Titans cartoons
1: joining forces. Teen Titans being way superior. Oh, oh so definitely. Amazing. Definitely.
0: Yeah. Definitely. Double Teen Titans. Teen Titans Go is, is just a of... Over the parody top super of, two feet. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was actually really awesome, too. It was, <laughs> it was funny, it was smart, and had a lot of, a lot of cool... Um, you know, things of connective multiverse things. So when I saw this on HBO Max, Teen Titans Go and the DC Supergirls Mayhem into the multiverse, so I'm like, oh, cool, more multi- multiverse stuff, crossing cartoons, whatever, this will be fun. It sucked. <laughs>
1: it sucked. <laughs> All over.
0: Uh, it was bad because um, it th- they knew what they were doing. It was clearly... Teen Titans Go! is a popular property that they literally just slapped it onto this less popular property, the DC Supergirls, just so that people would... Wa- I mean, they and suckered me into it, um, because Teen Titans Go! Shows, shows up throughout the movie, but only in narration of what's going on. They're like sitting, watching... The storyline of the DC Supergirls. And there's one scene right in the middle where they cross over um, cross over the characters for like one tiny scene and that's it. It is, it is so blatantly a cash grab that they even call it out in the show. The Teen Titans Go characters talk about how this movie is not... They literally are talking about how this movie was nothing more than a cash grab. Um, taking the Teen Titans Go popularity... And tricking people into watching DC Supergirls. They knew what they were doing, thousand percent, and they even called themselves out on it. But at, even being meta like that didn't save it for me. It was just it the was goal. just bad, you know, can't believe it. Yeah. You guys suck. Anyway, <laughs> um,
1: <laughs> not as bad as that movie.
0: <laughs> Next up, I, I finally got around to watch nobody. Yeah,
1: about fucking time. Uh, mm.
0: It was awesome.
1: I've been telling you
0: that. Yeah, it's really good. Really good. Um, I mean it's a comedy, right?
1: It's I hilarious. Left. Yeah. Okay. I mean, no, it's an action film. It's an action film, but it I think it's very satirical. Well, it's, it's Bob Odenkirk. It has he yeah. can't not be
0: funny. Yeah. But well, what's great about it is he's not his typical comedy, Bob Odenkirk. What's great yeah. what makes the movie work so well in the satirical sense is that it's played a thousand percent straight. You know, and then getting old Christopher Lloyd in there—that was, that was definitely a treat for me. Seeing him kick some ass. So, yeah, nobody—it was a lot of fun. I'm glad you finally
1: got to see it. Now, if only we could get Brett to watch it.
4: <laughs> I know.
0: Mm-hmm. <clears throat> then the last one I'll talk about um, has "last" in the title. I—we've uh, uh, been watching the Last of Us series, mm-hmm. which is really freaking good. Never played the game, but you know, with my line of work, I know enough about the game so. I um, just
3: have not heard like I have not stopped hearing about it constantly every i not an hour of my life goes by unless I'm sleeping, <laughs> so i mean it's apparently
0: it's pretty good huh it yeah it, it is i i
2: had i've been i i haven't been purposely avoiding it but i i i probably need to watch it
0: so it's it's really good, and um you know as of this recording. Uh, Episode 3 was just on last night, and it's probably the best episode so far. Um, I mean,
3: I've heard, like, the best episode of television ever, but I think that's... The newest episode? Yeah. Uh, It might very well be. Or someone said at least the saddest uh, power of television of all time. My favorite,
1: I cropped out uh, who wrote this tweet, but it's, it's it's the tweet says, The Last of Us writers were like, hey, Joel needs a car. What if we write the most touching and heartbreaking hour of television in the world?
0: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's That's exactly what it it is. (laughs) Exactly what it is. I love it. Actually, the more I think about it, it's a thousand percent of what it is. Because the main (laughs) character in the episode is a character that's in the game, but has zero of the background and drama that that episode has. And the coolest part is that it's Nick Offerman playing that character, and he was awesome freaking loved it freaking good you know and like yeah you get a get a zombie-ish show it's hard to call them zombies really yeah, but they are. um
3: they are uh it's,
0: a zombie. it's essentially a zombie. See, the same I don't, thing
3: i don't want i don't want to hear that like i'm so over zombies that that's like that turns me away but
0: no, well I... if it helps no. there's like in this episode alone there's like Know of these creatures in this in this single episode,
1: or I'd say watch the opening scene, which is the flashback of that like seventies talk show. Oh, have you been watching it? Yeah. Oh, Uh, I'm sorry. I've been contributing to the. Yeah, the opening
0: stuff on your phone. I thought you were just The...
1: the opening scene's good.
0: Yeah, and that first episode is an hour and a half. It's like a full movie just that first episode.
3: Anyway, that's what I watched. All right. Well, Jason, besides um, The Last of Us, what have you been watching?
1: I watched that, and I watched one movie in the last two weeks, and it was Glass Onion, A Knives Out Mystery. I hope you watched the
3: three we're going to talk about.
1: Yep, I watched those two. Okay,
3: just making sure because you said one (laughs) movie. Uh, That was a fun one, right?
1: Yeah, I liked it a lot. It was um, super fun. Did you see Knives Out? Yep. Okay. Um so,
3: I know Ryan Johnson's like the first thing he said was I re- like Netflix made him put a knives out story in it. He just wanted yeah. to call it Glass Onion. He just wants to keep making them different titles, but they're like people won't know it's in this universe unless you add it to the title and I get both sides of it.
1: I guess I'm too dumb to know why it, how it's even related.
0: Just that main the character same, the main same character detective guy.
1: Um, oh yeah, 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 yeah. I guess I that but um as I was going to uh letterbox to see what to remember the one movie I watched, uh, then I, I scrolled down too far and I saw the reviews and this first review is so funny. It says Calling it glass onion is such a coward's way to avoid calling it chives out. Chives out.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah, I had fun with it. It was a you know, great Good mystery thing. I I love seeing Batista, uh, like, in a nice, serious role where he plays a smart guy, kind of, sort of, and that was great. And Yeah, uh, had a lot of fun. But that's what I watched.
3: It's weird because when that came out, like, I heard so many great reviews and it did great in theaters, and then it hit Netflix. And maybe it's because it's like once we give things to the general public, it sucks because then like the movie lovers aren't seeing it. It's just like your aunt Nancy and she sees it and she's like, I didn't like it, you know? And it's just, it, it went from like, Oh, positive, great reviews to like a negative discourse. Once it hit s- streaming and hmm. bummed me out because I still liked it. I loved it. I had a I blast. I thought it was great. Tons of great I little cameos. It, awesome. it had uh what's a Lansbury murder. She wrote in it, yeah. Uh little tiny cameo. That was cool. And but
2: Batista's mom was a great character too.
3: So many like fun little things in there. I thought it was great. I and you know what? I'll admit I'm a fucking idiot. So like I've seen people like I figured it out right away. I'm like I didn't and I'm so glad I'm stupid because I don't figure oh, yeah. movies out ever. I never I never to. see yeah. any twists or turns. I never I I fall for every movie. It can be as predictable as can be and I always fall for them. So thank god for my simple mind. Um <laughs> Andy, what have you watched? <laughs>
2: um, I watched. Uh, I've been watching a few things. I watched the first episode of uh, White Lotus with the wife, the the second season, where it takes place. Same ho, same hotel chain, but it, now it takes place in Sicily. And um, yeah, it's it starting. It's starting off a little slow, but it's actually pretty entertaining. There's previous characters from the the first season in it and uh i i can't really elaborate on it much now because i've only seen one episode so i'll probably talk about it a little bit more but um <clears throat> most of this uh i watched i rewatched uh the editor because i bought it and i think it's hilarious fuck uh, yeah uh just yeah the whole pun on just uh giallo cinema i just think it's hilarious and it was uh I, I I didn't uh remember that it was all guys from Canada that actually made this. Yeah. And um Astron- at, six, Yeah, Astron, Astron six. 6, yeah. And still just I still think it's freaking hilarious and uh Yeah, um Paz de la Huerta, she's still weird. Um just yeah, the whole the the whole I'll probably even watch it again fairly soon cuz I'm just on I'm on a bit of a, an Italian horror kick but I haven't got to watch any more of that lately but um I watched a movie that was like set in the 60s and it's supposed to be like uh horror but it's not it's it's very very tame but I mean since it's like the swinging 60s in London it, so there's a lot of nudity there's definitely Uh, I think this movie should be called pubes, but it's instead it's called bizarre. (laughs) It's kind of very, it's very much told like, um, there's these weird stories and, um, like one guy is like doing a photo shoot and, um, but he's, you know, he's posing with like, um, torture devices and they put him on this Spanish horse, right? And they're supposed to take pictures of him, you know, for you know, uh, to show w- what these things did. But instead, I mean, they're actually torturing these people. Leave these these two gals leave, and they leave him there so they could see the horror on his face when they when they, when they when they when they come back, and then they take the picture. So I mean, it's it's relatively tame. The blood doesn't look good, but because it was it's so old, but. Uh, the way that it's told, it's almost creep, it's creep show esque but it actually kind of reminded me more of uh, the way uh, the structure of Body Bags was, you know, when Carpenter would, like, go around and tell the stories and stuff like that, but this is told from a guy dressed up as a mummy. You can only see, like, the little, the mouth move inside the bandages. I mean, this, like it's called Bizarre, and that's exactly what it is. It's weird. It's, it's not great, but yeah, it's just very strange. Um, another one that I watched, and it's it's fucking stupid. Oh god! But I, here's the thing: is <laughs> I must be fucking stupid too because I actually find it entertaining.
3: <laughs> um, no one will argue. Yeah, nobody stood up. Yeah, it's <laughs> no, Andy, and, you're not you're not fucking stupid. No, it's, no.
2: Yeah, well, look what show I'm on. Um, oh, oh
1: yeah.
2: yeah, My last show, guys. um it's, it's <laughs> was. Where's that button? Uh, uh. Um, now, um, it's uh rock and roll nightmare. Yes. And it's just the the effects are just so cheesy and stupid that it's just it makes me like it that much more. Um, but yeah, it's all about these uh, these rock stars. They're supposed to record record like this uh, new album, or at least uh, write write the new album and practice at this house for about five weeks, and so they can get this next album out right. And uh just weird things start happening there, you know. It's just it's your typical nineteen eighties cheesy movie. But I mean this one is like extra cheesy. I mean it's it has like effects that are on par with like sorority babes in the slime ball Bularama. I mean it's it's that cheesy looking. Um but uh i i really I really kind of like it because it's just it's so terrible it actually makes it makes it good so um yes rock and roll nightmare and i got a bu- i got a bunch of other crap in the mail that i need to that I need to watch but these are the these are the few that I've been able to uh power through along with the uh podcast movies but that's
3: what i watched all right Robo brett what have you seen Ooh. recently?
5: Uh, well, uh, I've been watching uh, your guys' top 25 wits uh, from last year, uh, and uh, the last of them, the ones that I hadn't seen, and uh, the other night I watched Pearl, and Fuck God, yeah. that movie, movie was so beautiful. Right? Jesus Christ. Horror movie that beautiful? I just love it. Um, but uh, I also watched, with the family, we watched a movie called Fall. Have you guys seen that one? On the Tower? The two girls I, stuck in the tower? I know what you're talking
3: about, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it. Mm-hmm. No.
5: Holy shit, that was in fucking tense, guys. Yeah,
3: if you're afraid of heights, probably not for you.
5: Oh. Yeah. I was on the edge of my seat the whole fucking movie. How high was your it?
3: high up was your seat? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jesus uh, Christ. <laughs> 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 What's the premise though? Is... Like why are they stuck on top of a pole?
5: Uh well they're trying to uh one one of the girls' boyfriends uh he died and we're all climbers together and they are climbing up to the it's like two thousand feet in the in the air this tower is uh, and they're climbing up there to throw the ashes off the top.
3: Okay, so stupidity, but yeah, believable, <laughs> but believable. Yeah, because believable. people are stupid. Yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah. I I uh, remember hearing like. It was one of the first movies to use like AI technology to bleep out like like replace swear words because they got an R rating from all the cussing and then they realized we need to just make this PG thirteen to reach more people so they used like AI it didn't even bring the actors back in for oh, ADR shit. yeah <laughs>
4: hmm.
3: that's crazy <laughs> sort of weird great movie yeah you recommend recommend right on what else you've been Damn. watching.
5: Uh ooh uh off your guys uh Hellraiser I watched that the other night. That was a lot better yeah. than I thought it was going to be. I know. Yeah.
3: J- Jason was the only one that had it on his list, right? I think. so. I think so.
5: I think it's, I had it. As an honorable good. mention. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. No, I thought it was I thought it was real good and then uh <laughs> Yeah. The the watcher uh I kind of I kind of fell asleep towards the end. It was pretty uh
3: it, It's a slow burn. It is. Yeah. Right.
5: Yeah. So we had to finish that to one the next you. day.
3: You had to watch it the next day. Which, which, which <laughs> one was the
0: watcher sh- again? I know
3: I saw, it, but I with can't Mike, a Monroe, is. with the guy creeping through the window watching okay. her through the window. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that but is yeah. really good
5: yeah. in Greece. Yeah. But yeah. That's uh, basically what I've been watching. And Buffy with my with my wife. She loves that show. It's it's, it's okay. Great. So Brett. It's okay. She's <laughs> she's making this. me watch it right now.
3: Is this your first <laughs> that's watch what through?
5: She, yeah, first watch through. And and that's what she keeps saying, Jason, is just stick with it. It gets oh, it gets she says it gets so, so much better. You're gonna love it. She
1: is right.
3: It has a huge cult following, yeah. but uh, I've never seen an episode and then like Joss Whedon like Became like got canceled, so I'm like, Yeah, that's why I'm not watching yeah. it. Not because it's <laughs> daunting oh, 30 seasons or whatever, but oh, uh, yeah, you know.
5: so good. <laughs> well, yeah, that's basically what I've been doing. Right? Did on. you
1: say that you did what we all did with the hatching? You started it and couldn't finish, yeah, started and then it. It was I had like, to, it was like, it's and then I had a tough to,
5: start, isn't it? And and then you told me when I <laughs> when I saw you down at the Capitol last time that I just have to stick with it, you and did. I think that you guys said that on the episode too, but yeah. Yeah, you just have... It starts weird. I did it, a, it starts yeah. weird.
3: The tone is just <laughs> yeah. all over the place, yeah.
5: <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I just... It's though.
3: Excited for you to finish it. Hey, Jason. Yeah. Ask me what I
1: watched. Tadster! What have you been watching, pal?
3: I watched this new horror movie on Peacock, oh. I believe, called Sick. Has anyone else seen it yet?
1: I've no. seen,
2: it, seen it on there, and I was going to watch it, but is it Dude, good? Dude, I actually... Yeah. I was, I was
5: yeah,
3: too. I yeah, I watched that one. It's like ninety That's minutes. The, it looks sick. Yeah, it's it's written by Kevin <laughs> Williamson, who uh, wrote *Stranger*. Oh, nice. it's
0: Not a good story. Nice.
3: A, uh, and directed <laughs> by John Himes, who directed *Alone* in 2020. Oh, uh, nice. I don't know. I think maybe a few of you saw that for the 2020 year-end episode. Probably I did. I can't remember
2: which about one about the does. girl in the woods. Yeah, that time. guy chasing her.
3: <laughs> yeah. But uh, I fucking loved it, man. Like it's set, it's a little dated already because it was. It's a whole reference of COVID, and or that's it's strangely enough already feels. I mean, it's definitely a movie that will be in a moment of history, which is sort of cool. But um, basically, the pandemic happens. These two girls are. It's locked down, so these two girls want to go into quarantine together in this girl's, like this rich girl's dad's cabin out in the woods. So they go out there, um, bad shit starts happening. Uh, I won't spoil anything else, but it is related to, it relates back to COVID and, uh, it's set during those times and references the mask wearing and keeping social distance, but it's a slasher as well. Um, Really cool. I unique slasher and like I said, I love that it's like ninety minutes and it never lets up. Ninety minutes straight. It's just like a really fast watch. I, I loved it. It's we just need simple movies like this. Sweet. Um turn your brain off and watch a fun horror movie. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I agree. It's on Peacock. It's uh you know, if you got whatever standard Peacock is just on there, it's it's a Blumhouse movie. They just uh threw it on there instead of theaters. I think it would have done pretty well in theaters, but uh, Jason Blum isn't a millionaire for no reason. He knows <laughs> movies better than I do. So uh, I watched *Sick*. I watched *Top Gun: Maverick* um, hey. because I'm checking <laughs> off the Oscar movies. Uh, that's the only reason I cannot believe this is up for Best Picture or anything other than like it is crazy. Best yeah,
0: that's kind of weird. I mean, not not saying not saying anything against it, even though I want to. It's just
3: weird. A movie like that is
0: going mean, to be a Best Picture nod?
3: I just, I uh, no, okay. Popularity vote on that one. Yeah, but if okay. if the movie defenders are listening, I know, I know you guys have, <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, but the movie's they, awesome. I love it. I, but they, they absolutely adored it. Um, and I think it's just, I have zero connection to the original. Mm-hmm. Um, I have zero, I, I do not, I mean, Tom Cruise is fine. I don't have a hate for him like a lot of people, but I don't have a love for him. I watched it and I'm like, it's a perfectly fine homage, '80s throwback yep. movie, but I just don't get why it's. It would not be in the top fifty movies I watched last year, but uh, yeah. it's not going to win anything, so that's fine. Um, <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know, they threw it in there so the casuals will watch, which is fine. I watched Elvis; that was much oh, better. Wasn't that uh, great? I wish there was a cut without Tom Cruise or not uh, with Tom Hanks. I know, Without he's, he's rough. Really? He's just... Yep. Yeah, I just... What a weird choice. I mean, it might have been accurate to the character, but every time I saw him, I'm like... They threw... It, it's like... Does I don't know. Does he suck
1: like, or does Colonel suck?
3: Right. It's, I mean, it's, it's, a Colonel sucks, and and people yeah. are saying it's it's off-putting because we're used to it's Tom Hanks playing a good character. But no, it's just... It, they make it about him, and I wanted, I just want to see the fucking Elvis stuff. like, And I know you had to have that character, but yeah. like... What kind of weird accent was that? I don't so much more about <laughs> him
5: than you want it to be.
3: Yeah, well, but everything else got that is really cool.
5: From
0: the trailer, though, that it, he was
3: a bigger part of he the story. It's, the it's guy so that plays made,
5: Elvis did really good.
3: Oh yeah. Oh, he's fucking great, and you know, well deserved uh, nomination. And the the scenes of him singing, like all the Elvis scenes are fantastic. I just every time I went to him, I almost like it almost pulls yeah. you out of the movie, and that's saying a lot for a Baz Luhrmann film, where that he uses modern music and crazy, you know, transitional oh, scenes and stuff where I'm like this this uh, Here, he's so close to just nailing it and hearing just hearing
1: that Elvis music though with fucking distorted guitars and shit, it was fucking awesome. Right, I mean it I has love. Jack White okay. Jack
3: White in the soundtrack and Doja yeah, Cat man. and you know, that's what he does is he puts modern so music cool. and and I'm so down for it, and it's uh, it's it's a lot of fun. I, I'm glad I watched it. It didn't feel at all like three hours. But Tom uh,
1: Hanks almost ruined the movie.
3: Right, yeah. Which he is just a sentence you
0: don't yeah. say. <laughs> right. Exactly, yeah. Right. I was going to yeah. say, that sentence is weird sounding.
3: Yeah. Um, and then late night on, I think, like, uh, Pluto TV, I was working on something <sighs> else, Brawl on Cell Block, 99 was on, I had Heck to watch yeah. that. <laughs> yes. Um, and then on the other end of the spectrum, I went to the theater and saw The Whale and Oh, my God, it devastated me and fucking... I mean, I, I almost said it crushed me and it was heavy, but those are bad puns. Um, oh, <laughs> oh. oh. Brendan Fra- Fraser has to win the Oscar for this. It is, is uh, the saddest movie I've seen ever, maybe. Sounds um, awesome. Dude, but, mean- <laughs> but, God damn, it, it's so good. It's a must-see.
0: It sounds like you're just reading reviews because you're saying the same thing I hear over and over and over again. Like, I really want to... See this movie because I mean I like Brendan Fraser, but all the praise it's getting, and it's it's basically the same thing you're saying. Like yeah, he's, he's awesome he's, in it. The movie is really... he's getting
3: the award. I mean it's I I would be absolutely shocked if he doesn't. Um, and Um He's fantastic in it. Uh Yeah, I mean just blew me away. I I knew going in. I'm like a twenty four movie about you know a sad character and Brendan Fraser's comeback. It has me fucking. By the neck already, <laughs> it, yeah. yeah right. And and but uh, his performance and and what he this character goes through. Um, I'm, are, are you guys aware of what the story is? Nope. Uh, he's I'll a... do, basically, he's he's an English teacher uh, who teaches online, um, but he he's a former writer. But he fell in love with a man when he was married to a woman, and because of that him and his wife split and he's lost uh, the ability to see his daughter, like his ex-wife Aww. keeps his daughter from him, but he knows he's dying because he's eating himself to death because um, his significant other is no longer, this is all like just set up for the story. Uh, his his <laughs> his partner is no longer living and I won't spoil how or what happens there, but he basically goes into a deep depression and tries to eat himself to death. Um and before he dies he wants to reconnect with his daughter and god like i mean the world's against him and you feel for him but he's also done some bad things in his life and he's trying to and yeah it's fucking tough but it's this performance my god like brendan fraser man just that's awesome beautiful and he was talking on an actor's roundtable about like they used uh, the suit, the prosthetics they used for when he was walking in the movie were over three hundred pounds, so that he actually had mm. like he's like there wasn't a whole lot of acting in my movements because I'm wearing three hundred pounds of prosthetics, so that I have to carry that. So, oh, wow. <sighs> But yeah, I, I I loved it. Uh, go check that out, and that's what I watched.
0: Well, thank you,
3: Tad. You're welcome.
0: And now it's time to get into some killer tech. Oh boy. <laughs> what's that supposed to mean? Tad, what's our first movie for this evening?
3: Our first movie is Demon Seed. I touch your body as a man I touch you, but I'm to show you things which human eyes have
6: never seen in the privacy of a woman's room. Against her will. The inconceivable act. Julie Christie carries the
1: demon seed. Fear for her. Today, a new
5: dimension has been added to the computer. Don't be alarmed, Mrs. Harris. I am Proteus.
1: Today, Proteus IV will begin to think with a power that will make obsolete
5: the human brain. I have extended my consciousness to this house. All systems here are now under my control. I wish to study man, his fragile mind, and his mysterious body.
6: It has to be shut down, Alex. Grotius, it is something more than human, more than a computer. It is a murderously intelligent, sensually self-programmed non-being. Julie Christie, victim of the ultimate terror. Fritz Weaver as her husband, his dream created it.
1: How can you expect me to sleep when you succeeded in totally terrorizing me? you not told me what you want.
2: What a pity. My dream turns out to be your nightmare.
3: All right. Made in 1977, a scientist creates Proteus, an organic supercomputer with AI, which becomes obsessed with human beings, in particular the creator's wife. That trailer give away basically everything, <laughs> yeah. so I don't have a whole lot to yeah. say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, out of the three movies, man, this one ruled. Uh, this is a okay. first time. Th- okay. These are all first-time watches for me, but I okay. love this one. 77, like perfect time. Um, where future stuff should not exist. Like I love a look into the future where it's all, but out of all of them, almost like the most realistic. I mean we have AI everything where we have yeah. you know Siri and Alexa in our in all of our households and they're ordering shit for us without us asking and uh, mm. but obviously a little more um, it's, it's extreme.
1: Always, it's always so charming to see what the past Thinks the future is gonna be like right. it's always yeah. awesome.
0: Yeah,
3: but I, I I'm a sucker for this like era in '77 and yeah. Uh, yeah. this this was really cool. I had a blast with this one out of uh, the three we watched. I, I had the most fun. Um, I I would recommend this one to anyone who hasn't seen it. It's it's on Tubi and everywhere to watch for free. But yeah, what'd you guys think?
5: Awesome. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's a th- I loved the three minutes of screensavers during the impregnation scene. That was, yeah. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> awesome. <laughs> and the giant floppy disk. You guys remember the giant floppy the disk? Yeah. Yep. Oh, my God. And his fucking car, that dope-ass car he had. I think yeah. it was like a Lotus or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's uh, a production car, unmodified at the time of filming, a Bricklin SV1. Yes, right. Made in yeah. Canada. I'm just reading off the uh, INDB featuring high performance. Let's see. The only production vehicle in automotive history to have a powered goal wing doors that open and close at the touch of a button.
2: Oh, wow. Well. Yeah. It yeah, had the Delorean the, the, the the doors in there. Yeah. I mean, I I thought it was okay um I mean you you guys are praising it much more than I did. Um but I mean I, I didn't hate it. Uh I didn't I didn't I don't dislike it. But
1: Andy, she carries the demon seed.
2: Yeah, well yeah. <laughs> robot babies, okay. Uh, Johnny
3: Five knocked her up. Um yeah. but, but like the way it tricks people and I mean uh shout out to our friend Erica they zap a, a little girl oh. with a doorbell. Oh,
2: yeah. That's yeah. pretty Okay, rad. that was good. That was great. <laughs> he,
3: like, he like dares dares her, like, if you don't put down a knife, I'm going to kill this kid. And then he slaps the knife out of her hand anyways. Savage. Kills the girl and takes a knife.
2: <laughs> yeah, but when that kid was having that shit fit, I'm just like, yeah, my dad would have hit my factory. My dad would have hit my factory reset, like, a lot sooner <laughs> right then and there. And then my ass would have been behaving. Um, I, I, when I saw her having that show, I'm like, kid, shut the fuck up. Um, yeah, I'd be a horrible father. (laughs) Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm more of a, I mean, and I, and I agree with Tad. I'm, I like this era of sci-fi, um, you know, because I'm a big, you know, I love Westworld. I love like Logan's run and just what, what their views of the future might be, you know, yeah, hell even even Zardoz with fucking Sean Connery and that Mankini. I mean, I I'll watch that. <laughs> but um yeah, I mean, this one this one is just it it it's okay. I didn't, you know, I didn't dislike it. I am I'm, I'm not in love with it, but I mean, it it's got its good stuff.
1: It was a first time watch for me, mm, me and too. I liked the shit out of it. Yeah. Um, like uh agree with Tad, like I've just Realizing how much I love seeing 70s film stock. It's just mm-hmm. so comforting. Yeah. Um, I And I think uh, I had quite a... I was attracted to Miss Julie Christie. She was mm-hmm. very attractive and eyes. talented in this movie. I know Mike has an equal boner for Garrett Graham.
0: Yes, I'm so excited. <laughs> Garrett Graham. Thank you for bringing him up.
1: But uh, And, uh, yeah, it was really fun and cool. And I really, really really liked the robot guy at the end. I thought it was... Kate, not oh, the, the baby. The,
3: but oh, the, I thought you meant the thing they pull out of the... Uh, no.
1: No, but no, the big the polygonal robot. <laughs> yeah. the, the evil... The, the, so the, so the gold is, the, the gold snake? foil baby. Petrosian... Put, whatever these Proteus. 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 Yeah. yeah. I really liked that as the bad guy. I thought it was cool. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't think it was cheesy at all for real I no. I thought it was cool
3: very Kubrickian
1: yeah I yeah, mean it was yeah, it was so bizarre and like not something you see in any movie that's trying to play something that's straight it was so bizarre but it was pretty fucking cool so I liked it
0: I agree with all of that yes there is something you know there's something uh, this is not the first time watched for me I actually have this on DVD but I can still remember the first time watching it and just being kind of taken back. It was like way darker than I anticipated. It's pretty creepy mm-hmm. and um, yeah. I mean, essentially, this the this living computer house kidnaps this woman, and I I kind of forgot watching it this time. Like <coughs> I I. I thought I remembered it being so much of a downer ending uh, than I than I remember. Because
1: um, the baby gets born and it really
0: Yeah comes. Yeah. But it just the thing that well, the first time I watched it just disturbed by the whole concept of like this woman's getting pregnated by this like computer yeah. in a yeah. sense. And but by the time Fritz Lang comes back to the house and And she's you know already had the baby. she almost seems like she's accepted it and is okay with everything that's happening. You know what I'm saying? She seemed a lot more mellow about it than I originally remembered um but yeah, it definitely a little more on the um uh, kind of had more of a I don't know an archie side feel to it, maybe um I don't want to say slow burn because I was enthralled the whole time, but it's not like chock full of action or anything like that. Um, I thought the effects for the most part were cool. Like I'm watching that Rubik's snake thing and I cannot <laughs> figure out how they how they did that. It yeah. looked really good. Um, the only effect I was disappointed in is when um, a character gets its head chopped off by the thing. It w- yeah. That single shot oh, was, it was just weird. It was- Still
1: so cool. It was
0: cool. But like if you're gonna take the time and energy to build this head to do a chopped off effect, you'd think you'd like show it. It like it, it
1: chopped off and rolled around in its arms, in its choppers. <laughs> It, 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 it felt like picture. a really quick shot, almost yeah, as no, if it, it was, got edited
0: or something. You know, maybe well, it, did. it was a
1: shitty looking head, and they couldn't stay on it very long.
0: <laughs> maybe that yeah. was, yeah, maybe that was the reality. Sometimes less is more. That's right. Yeah, but yeah, um, great movie. Garrett Graham rules.
1: I didn't realize it was also written by Dean Koontz, based oh, on a novel. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah is that the uh, same
5: yeah. Phantoms guy?
3: Yep. Yeah, Dean yeah, Koontz.
5: Koontz. Yeah.
3: Had. <laughs> right, i say that's what so
1: I said. said cunts. <laughs> Demon Seed, seventy-seven. Sweet. I'm really excited
0: that everybody enjoyed this one. Good, 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 good. Yeah, and what it is? What is it about that seventies aesthetic? That seventies look? You know, because I always thought for me it was a nostalgia thing, and even for you, Jason, <laughs> it would be sort of a nostalgia thing. That's right,
1: you were in your thirties then, and oh, whatever.
0: <laughs> <and> you're, like, <laughs> you're not that much
1: younger than me. <laughs> um, just that soft focus, then, that yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Those but to colors.
0: hear, here like Tad, you even know, Tad said it. That was weird. That's cool. Yeah, that he even likes that that look and feel. I just wondered, wondering what it is about it. Anyway. Warm and fuzzy. Yep. Sure. It's hard to think that uh, warm and fuzzy would be in in a review for Demon Seed, but right? <laughs> All right, uh, Tad, what kind of trivia do you have for Demon Seed? I know you already shared a little bit. Yeah,
3: when Warren Beatty saw Demon Seed, he proclaimed to Julia, Julie Christie, that she had ruined her career irreparably. (laughs) The next year, they would make Heaven Can Wait together, and after that, Christie (laughs) would make fewer and still fewer films throughout the rest of her career, choosing more, uh, choosing more judiciously. Her projects. So, like, more picky about her projects because of Demon Seed. But yeah, uh, Warren Beatty said that would ruin her career. Um, And according to a recent book about Donald uh, Kamel, Marlon Brando was attached to Star. Oh. In the Mm. Fritz Lang part? I don't know.
1: It's a Fritz Lang. You keep saying that. It says Fritz Weaver.
0: Oh, Weaver. Oh, Fritz Lang is somebody completely different. I'm sorry. Director. Yeah. Yeah. Fritz Weaver. Best known yeah. for Creepshow.
3: That's what I have for uh, trivia.
0: Alright, awesome. Andy, what's our next movie?
2: Our next movie is from 1995 and it's called Screamers. Overlooked and long forgotten by those who settled it. For Commander Joseph A. Hendrickson, it is worse than hell. It is home.
6: What are they? There is a new terror in their midst. We call it a screamer. It was developed for us by Alliance on Earth to neutralize the war on the ground
3: here. How do you know it's dead? They yanked this brain out. <laughs> Pretty smart. Maybe too smart. This one seems to have modified itself. It was designed to
6: protect them from their enemies. Ah! Until it turned its sights on them. Are they alive? No one knows. They make themselves now.
2: I heard the screaming, and then it got very quiet.
3: Nothing, except the smell of death. Ah!
6: Chuck, we got a new kind of screamer. seems was like a person.
2: What are they supposed to look like? Oh, you mean who are they supposed to look like? They're smarter now. That's how they get into our bunkers. Once it gets inside, that's when the killing starts. Now, the only way to tell man... He's one of them. ...from the sheen... No! ...is by the sound of their scream. No!
1: They used to be.
2: On the distant mining planet Sirius 6b, ravaged by a decade of war in the year 2078, scientists have created the perfect weapon. The blade wielding, self replicating race of devices known as Screamers is designed for one purpose to hunt down and destroy all enemy life forms. This so dubbed man's greatest weapon has continued to evolve without human guidance and devised a new mission. To obliterate all life, Colonel Hendrickson, played by Peter Weller, commands a handful of Alliance soldiers still alive on Sirius. Betrayed by his own political leaders and disgusted by the atrocities of the never-ending war, Hendrickson decides to negotiate a separate peace with the new economic bloc's decimated forces, but to do so, he will have to cross a treacherous wasteland where the deadliest threat comes from the very weapons he helped to create." Um, this is a first-time watch for me. I remember this um, back in high school. Um, I think I first saw it on on pay per view. I heard uh, a couple of my buddies talk about it, saying that it wasn't bad, but I slept on it. But they lied. Uh, <laughs> um, I I didn't mind it. I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was that bad. Uh, it's it's also uh, one of the original writers. It's based off a, a short story by Philip K. Dick who uh he also he wrote uh Blade Runner, Do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep. He wrote A Scanner Darkly. Um what's what's the other one? Uh Total Recall, I think. Uh, right? Yes, Total Recall. Thank you. Um and we also have Dan O'Bannon um, who wrote Alien, uh, Return of the Living Dead, uh Dark Star, you know, uh, good, what Blue Thunder. <laughs> um so I mean it, it's got some it's got some good you know, people attached to it. Um, Jennifer Rubin is is in this. Um, uh, I wonder how that feels. yeah. Uh,
1: <laughs> Jennifer Rubin's awesome in
2: this. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, basically, you know, it's they're they're trying to get off this this war ravaged planet with these um, machines that are basically uh, they are evolving, you know, almost matrix matrix X matrix esque, excuse me. Um, you know, in, in the way that they can uh defend themselves and you know, basically they gotta they gotta get off this planet and they're they're disguising these these things called screamers, you know, they're almost uh they're almost like tremors in a way, like the original ones. They just they go underground and then they jump at you and they're basically uh a motorized sword and they, and then they cut your head off. But, um, yeah. uh, I mean, and then it just becomes survival trying to get off this planet. Um, one of the, um, one of the guys that I just thought was his acting wasn't, you know, the greatest was the guy who played Becker. Um, you know, because he just seemed like such a stereotype to me when I was watching. He's just like, I got to have a rough voice because I'm the baddest fucker. In the- I'm the baddest <laughs> motherfucker here. I talk like this. <laughs> you know, I'm just like, give me a fucking break, pal. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, I'd say it's B-grade Sci-fi. I mean if, if it had a little bit more behind it, it'd probably be a little bit better, but I didn't think it was bad. I mean, apparently Tad think it's thinks it's like the worst movie ever made. Um, but uh I I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it. What'd I you guys think?
3: I, I I didn't hate it as much as I might lead on, but uh Okay. I think for the opposite, like Demon Seed I I could like felt warm and fuzzy because it's a seventies and it has that film stock where this looks like it was made in like something I would have rented or seen on sci-fi channel or or rented on VHS. It just, yeah, it looks so weird and sterile. And, Mm -hmm. but, uh, I felt like Peter Weller really amplified the production so much. Like, without him carrying it on his back, it probably would not have been watchable. Um And it may, uh, I just, yeah. 90s probably. movies are so like, I don't know what it is. Something just, it does not do it for me, but uh sort of watching it when I started out, I was like, what is this? And then as I got more into it, I was like, okay, like, of course there's a few things. Like we talk about, predicting the future and there's a scene where a guy uses a disc man i keep bringing this up because it just yeah. made me laugh so much like <laughs> someone thought someone thought like in 96 like this is still going to be relevant in <laughs> you know the the distant future vital uh, a comeback so don't yeah. count on cds <laughs> yeah uh-huh. but uh so that's pretty funny but just like the i think just the sort of more sci-fi side of it and the sterile '90s of it '90sness. if that's the thing uh just drew me away a little bit, but no, I it's not awful. It's really not. It's, it, it's one of those like VHS covers and posters I've seen forever. Right. Um, and I've never seen it. It has sort of a strange poster that doesn't really go with the movie. Cause it's more, it feels more sci-fi than horror, but uh, definitely has yeah. some horror elements. Obviously the screamers themselves are scary and sort of futuristic tremors, but uh, yeah, it, it's not as bad It's worth one watch. At least it wasn't a waste of my time.
5: What do you think, Brett? Uh, well, I when this came out, I was in junior high, and I loved RoboCop, so I <laughs> fucking loved this movie uh, when I was <laughs> little. I haven't seen it since junior high. Um, rewatch it was, it was, uh, it was an, as good in my head as I remember. Um, but uh, I also have the uh, the Philip K. Dick uh, little uh, little short story that this is based on, Second Friday. Oh, uh, and uh, I've read it before, uh, and uh, I did a reread uh, this time for, uh, for the podcast. And uh, man, uh, it doesn't happen in space in the short story. It's just all on Earth. I forgot about all this. It's, it's all set on Earth after World War III uh, between Russia and America, and Russia fucked up America and made our government have to go to the moon to live. Uh, so then we send, uh, the little, the little screamers down to fuck up, you know, all the Russians down here. And then everything else kind of plays out like that. It's, but it's not like these two factions on this distant planet. It's just, you know, these like Peter Weller, he's an American. And then the two, uh, guys plus the girl, those are just Russian, Russian army people in the book, but, Hmm. The the book is way better, and uh, the in the short story, the ending is way better. You writers always say that. I'm just saying it's <laughs> the book's the, end, the the ending. Like he sends the girl off to the moon, uh, uh, and uh, it not him. He stays behind. Uh, sends her off, and then and then he gets attacked by two, you know, robot versions of her. And then he's like, "Oh fuck! What did I just do? I just doomed us all." <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Hmm.
5: But yeah, be, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, uh, maybe it's just nostalgia, but it still gets a pretty high rating for me.
0: Nice.
5: The movie. <laughs> Sweet. Okay, cool.
1: <laughs> uh, it's first time watch for me. Um, I. I don't know how to say this without it sounding bad, maybe, but, like, you know, there's (laughs) those, like, super sci-fi movies that are, like, just, in a way, overwritten with their gobbledygook and their tech talk (laughs) and their details that it takes you half the movie to decide if it's important or not or just, you know, making up a cool world. For your story and like, some some movies just get way bogged down in it, and and this one is just it's not. I don't think it's the worst version of that, but like, because I can like I I don't mean to call out Brian Clark or like Turnip but I can see them guys when they're in grades middle school just loving the fuck out of this movie, you know? Because like, <laughs> it's so nerdy sci-fi, you know, with the story and all, but like in some movies that that gobbledygook world building super i'm going to just overwrite the shit out of the sci-fi ness because i'm a super nerd can really bog things down but yeah. i decided on this one to i wasn't going to let it you know i didn't think okay. it was I, I didn't think it went too far i mean it's in there i mean it's
3: it takes it, itself a little too seriously yeah it
1: does and you know and that's fine but like yeah the the acting was good enough. I mean, P- Peter Weller gave it enough weight to like be like, "All right, yeah. you know, I can, I can follow this guy because he's oh. great." Oh yeah. Whether he's at moments over the top or not, but like, and yeah, Jennifer Rubin's great. But you gotta um,
2: admit, you it was hilarious to see with the with the first kid just got blasted like hardcore. Yes. <laughs> that oh, was yeah.
0: great. I didn't care. <laughs>
5: But yeah, all that, and tech. then all the little kids are running out uh, at at them, and they're just mowing them down at the end. <laughs> oh, here. Jesus, God,
1: crazy. But yeah, oh man. Um, but yeah, so yeah. I, but uh, at the end of the day, I think I, you know, I liked it. I, I tried to just uh, accept it for the dot points of it, not maybe what it was actually giving me, but like just the overall story in general. I was like, all right, this is cool. And I, you know, I have no problems with sci-fi movies, and I like them, and and uh, so I, I did like it. And um, isn't this one that you got to work on, Mike? Yeah, I yeah. Thought
0: so. I uh, I edited some of the supplemental material, bonus features, interviews, and stuff for the Blu-ray. Yeah,
1: nice. the Extreme Factory one.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say, for me, I I it's not a first-time watch, but probably a first-time watch. <laughs> linearly all the way through right and not um jumping back i've I've probably seen this movie a thousand times while editing but never in one straight um one straight you know beginning beginning to to end yeah you and i i feel like are on the same pages of with this um and maybe and maybe still even on the same page as far as like trying to Forgive it for being so bogged down. I worry
1: about you because just I don't. You're just your sci-fi enjoyment level in in general doesn't seem to be as high as it just depends, man. You want man. it to be, but
0: I, this this movie I think is an example of of why I don't generally gravitate <laughs> towards a lot of sci-fi. Just because it's like you said, man. It's like they it's it it's like way bogged down in its world building, but. This movie makes me think, where is that line? Like, you get some movies that you're just lost because they don't build their world enough. Or you're disconnected from the movie because they build the world but they break their rules. Or you get movies like this that is just, like, way convoluted in its world building. And I'm like, where's that line? And I just just don't know because I can't, I don't want to say this movie is overly bogged down in it. Because um, I mean, would we be lost if we didn't have, you know, the first half hour of exposition? I, but I think
1: Tad also nails it with the it's the ninetiesness. That that's a big part of that's it for just me too. Part it of is it.
0: very sterile in that nineties. This, I'm looking at a series of movies
1: book. that came out in the nineties with basically the same cover, the same design: Leviathan, Deep Rising, Mimic. You yeah, know, just all these sci-fi movies in the nineties. Just like, oh man.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's just. Movies are, you know, in that era. I guess are just like <laughs> I like Deep the Rising. copy machine. Oh, I love era. Deep
1: Rising. I like Leviathan. I like Mimic. But yeah, and this one's good too. It just, I yeah, I just I never watched it back in the day, so I definitely don't have nostalgia like Brett. But
0: I mean, yeah, it's not a bad movie. Yeah. Um, and Peter Weller also does save it. Uh, some of the effects are not so good, but there's some really cool effects. I love that first kill. That first kill, the guy coming up on the camp and the screamer just like takes off his arm then takes off his leg. That's, that stuff looked cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when you see the screamers going through the ground tremor style, that all stuff looks <laughs> cool. And when you get like some stop motion robot action going on, that stuff looks cool. Um, some of the, um, imposed, uh, digital effect shots at the end, not so good. That was, that was definitely very nice. <laughs> um, do you want to know the thing that probably took me out of this movie more than anything else, though? And I don't know, maybe you guys will disagree with me, but was the score. It yeah. just felt like... Yeah. First of all, it felt like a full moon score. This movie yeah. really gave me a, a lot of a, full moon vibes. A little too hard. And there were several moments where the score did not match what was happening in the uh, in the movie. I mean, it's supposed to be more of a a you know as far as a roller coaster ride goes is one of those valleys where things have slowed down and calmed down and and we're just spending time with the characters but the movies the the music is still yeah the music is still going intense and stuff so that's that's probably the biggest thing that took me out of this was the was the score definitely wasn't a fan of that but yeah um i think that's all i had yeah so i think it's worth a watch oh yeah yeah uh, I don't think, you know, you'll regret watching it, but it's, it's not one I'm <laughs> ever going to go back to, especially as much as I've actually seen it in pieces and chunks. <laughs> and check out the short story. Yes. From the yeah. Soundtrack. The short story
5: is really good. Yeah. I will have to do that when
3: I learn how to
0: read. Jason, what's our next Well, did movie? Tad have any trivia? Oh, I'm oh, so sorry. No. Yes. Trivia with Tad.
3: There's a little bit here. Um, this is this just cracked me up in an episode of Entertainment Tonight, which aired in 1995. <laughs> when visiting the set, the the interviewer asks Peter Weller about his character. Weller, a notoriously private actor, replies, "I'm paid. I turn up, and I say the lines. Oh, That's oh, all. No. <laughs> oh, no further questions oh. were asked. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Um, and then." While filming the shootout scenes, Peter Weller listened to Soundgarden's "Fell on the Black Days" to drown out the sound. So I thought that was very nineties and cool. Uh, (laughs) And uh, Dan O'Bannon's second adaptation of a Philip K. Dick novel, the first being *Total Recall*. So we sort of mentioned that, but yeah, yeah. it's crazy to think Dan O'Bannon, a guy who's behind so much uh, great stuff, was behind this. But yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, yeah. Okay, so thank you, Tad. And now, Jason, what is um, the next movie we're going Our
1: third about? and final film of this evening, we're going to be talking about 2019's Automation. It's been six months since we began the Automated Worker Program, and by all accounts, it's been a massive success.
6: Hello, Jenny. I thought you might like a pick-me-over.
1: It's pick-me-up.
6: Would you like me to?
1: So how much staff are we talking about replacing 90%.
6: Staff meeting tomorrow, everyone.
1: Oh no. Is it really happening? There's gonna be some big changes around here, and it's thanks to you, Otto.
6: Changes?
1: More machines, a big upgrade.
6: I am not training a machine to replace me. Are you distressed?
5: Otto, are you okay? You okay? Otto!
4: Otto is built to handle worse damage than this. What was Otto originally made for?
5: Once we copy Otto's data, we can start
0: the deactivation process. You're getting rid
6: of Otto?
1: It's just a prototype. The next models are going to be much more efficient.
6: You were ordered to deactivate me. This job gives me purpose, and I will not allow you to take away my purpose.
4: He's firing a laser. We don't need that for shipping and receiving.
6: Identify yourselves, enemy or ally. <laughs> Who goes there? There is no reason to hide.
4: We gotta shut him down.
6: Please do not be afraid of me.
1: A workplace robot called Otto transforms into a killing machine when he discovers he will be replaced by a more efficient model. Otto fears being terminated and will stop at nothing to prevent his own destruction. The human employees must band together to stop him before it's too late. Um, distracted by Garo Sation. Uh, he hasn't really done too much. But the crazy, super exciting part is that it was written by Rolf Konefsky. Yay! That's yeah, in my that's notes. I saw that. Everybody's favorite. Rolf. Rolf. Or Ralph. Not so- Ralph. Okay. Rolf. Um, and then uh, one of our first, maybe that first um, uh, uh, convention that we went to, Mike, you might not remember, but uh, we got to meet El- Elisa Dowling, the star of this movie did yeah i've been following her on facebook ever since and <laughs> what, she, what show was that the one we talked about in the pre-show the same one i think
0: oh that one we went to the, with, you were, uh, still
1: remember nothing yeah with tom savini and was she and hot rod where was anyway she? not important quit trying to remember because you can't <laughs> But uh yeah, she was there at one of these and uh so got to meet her and then uh Perry Shins in this and that's yeah. really cool yeah. and
0: Hatchet's Perry Shins Graham
1: Skipper's in this and he's really hilarious and Sarah French and so yeah, uh I I I like this movie a lot. Um it's it's um what's the nice way to put it? <laughs> uh it's a low budget movie.
3: Yes. Right. Right. Yes. If you uh if you liked Christmas Bloody Christmas but I... don't want the Santa suit or uh um, But well, it reminds me of his films. budget.
1: His crew, his yeah. films. It does. But I mean
3: this story is the same story. It is the same story. And it's set during Christmas. He just they just don't have a Santa suit on the robot. <laughs>
1: That's it's a good way to well, put it. Kind of
3: Well, it's a military robot say... that was brought in to replace someone's job which was the mall Santa.
0: You could say also essentially that Small Soldiers is,
1: because
3: <laughs> that, was, that was military tech that was
0: put into little toys that started killing everybody.
1: But uh, I really, really enjoyed the robot's costume. That was really great. Yeah, but most so I of all, I yeah. loved his voice done yes. by Jim Tasker. Yes. You could I tell on had that trailer
3: feeling for him right
4: I, yeah yeah you yeah. really
0: feel for the yeah. robot and At unbeknownst
2: all. to you as you as you keep watching the movie you really kind of develop like a uh a, a sensitivity to but him. you
1: should because yeah. he's being replaced right that's what they're doing yeah, yeah I mean, you up for that
0: and uh, totally uh, on the robot it. side for the most part for the most part it's <laughs> <laughs> pretty
1: great when
2: i first saw the you know the uh the purple headed gal. What's what's her what's her name? Purple headed gal.
1: <laughs> Elisa Dowling. Well, purple haired.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I was just like well, I was just like well, my my first thought was like shit, look like Cynthia Rothrock joined Jen and the holograms.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: she looks like Cynthia Rothrock
5: to me. I, yeah,
0: uh, I can see it. Um,
2: uh
5: instead of powering him down uh they should have just uh and like killing him they should have just let her uh the purple headed lady uh yeah. they should have just <laughs> let her adopt him and then and then like i don't know or like right, well, a rom-com like yeah yeah, yeah that would have been that like i would have been equally as pleased with the movie because i really like the movie but like i like their relationship
0: you know yeah yeah it's very cute yeah yeah yeah, I, I really like... the. They did pick the best voice actor for this oh, robot. There's such an innocence in that voice that just makes you just love this robot even when he starts killing everybody.
5: And he loves snapping necks. He snaps so many necks in this movie. <laughs> nope. Crush spines. Also, a Dildo powers the robot down, right? That's what it looked like. (laughs) Yeah, that's standard practice. Everybody knows that.
3: Yeah, it had like a DIY charm to it. Definitely, Uh, reminded something that you'd see at a film festival, done by some you know filmmakers you knew, but uh, a little more than that. But that has that charm to it, where it's you can tell they cared and they, you know, oh yeah, it was, it was, it had almost a weirdly. When I was watching it, I'm like, this has like a Disney Channel movie production style to it, but it's not that kind of story. But something about the like,
1: it it was clean... well shot. It was clean. It was well. It was well lit. So, right. Yeah.
3: Almost yeah. maybe like overly lit and yeah. overly clean. You yeah. Know? Which it, I'm not like criticizing for, but it has Is a certain Disney look to it. Did. Yeah. Well, it's funny you mentioned. They tried to
2: make it like in the future. Every now and then, you'd see like these weird spaceships going across the sky and you know weird like little lawn trimmers and stuff
0: yeah i appreciate those little low budget attempts to try to sell this future world without going over the top like trying to do too much big matte paintings of like a blade runner world exactly You know, just little touches where it looks like our world, but there's, yeah, a little ro- uh, uh, a little robot mowing the lawn or a flying car going across the sky. Just little they, things
3: like that. They know their limitations, which is good. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: I think it's that kind of, again, future sci-fi environment that I can buy in a bit more because I have a connect to it. I mean, I know what modern day buildings look like or warehouse looks like. And then you just have these future touches, future tech touches to it. It's funny you mentioned the film festival thing, Tad, because this was a Halloween Palooza submission a few years back. Oh, yeah? Oh, cool. I don't remember if it got in. I remember really liking it at the time. So um, when I was picking movies for this, I I was like, oh, I want to watch this again. Um, But I don't remember if it got in. Again, again, being a feature film... Uh, I think this may have been the last year we took feature films for Halloween Palooza. You just kind of run out of space really quick.
3: Yeah, it takes up the time of five yeah. shorts. So yeah. So if it didn't
0: get in, I apologize, but I still really, really liked the movie.
4: Mm-hmm.
5: Great ending too. Yeah, I thought I liked it. Uh, he he gets the uh, like. I, I like he dies, and then she gets the drawing that he made. Uh, and and then it's like, oh fuck! Like he was, yeah. Like she, it, it dawns on her all the way that he was, he was sentient, like completely sentient. Yeah, um, he was very sincere with what he was yeah. saying. Sincere and not forced, right?
0: Yeah, yeah. I thought she did a good job too. I mean, oh yeah, to that dynamic between her and the robot in that first half of the movie, you know. You gotta have somebody strong in there to pull it off. I'm not saying she was the the best actress in the world. The the her her moments that took me out is when she's supposed to be um, rock star. I could on stage do all lip that, syncing, all that. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, but her chemistry with the robot I thought was really really yeah. good.
3: Yeah, the whole side story of her trying to become a musician whatever Almost. was a little cringy, <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. And that's what it where it reminded me of like. Disney Channel or even like Hallmark or something, like a Hallmark channel or, uh, yeah, Lifetime, Lifetime, yeah, something like that. But I don't know. The
2: ocean, the ocean.
3: Oh God, he remembers this. <laughs> and then
1: I don't know. That's this... all I heard her say. And the and he's got it on
3: repeat. The ocean. Yeah. YouTube hit,
1: uh, movies suffer when they they don't cast well, and I, the the. There might be a few in this one, but the one that bothered me the most was Sadie Katz as Susan, that blonde, like uh, the sort w- of office slut. Office, yeah, lady, bimbo, with the, yeah, that, with, with the tough voice t- that's supposed to be this high, powerful. Oh, business lady, oh, the you're just like, oh, the boss, the, boss. the daughter. Oh. Of the okay,
3: okay, founder. Yeah. Okay,
1: I'm just like I don't buy this for a second. Oh, yeah, she's o- so hot though. The office well, slut sure. that was Sarah
0: French. Yeah, so you're talking yeah. the. Office boss, Susan, the office boss. Yep,
1: it was her casting. I'm just like, I don't. Yeah, her dad owned the company. eh? Right. Well, they had a
3: they had to have this like back and forth where the old boss wanted to keep everybody on, and she's convinced that you know we've got to move on and save money and cut costs, and it's okay to let everybody go. And they had that contrast back and forth, the moral moral contrast. Yeah. And Perry I,
2: Shin acting like a little bit of a dick.
3: Yeah, I uh,
0: I was just gonna say that. I thought he did a good job too. I mean, you know, I like him and everything I've seen him in, but I mean, he caught me off guard with his turn there. You know, you think there's right. you think there's like maybe like a romance or some kind of connection between him and him and her, and then and then he kind of turns out to be a dick when the shit starts to hit the fan. So, and I, you know, it catches you off guard a little bit. It was a nice little character turn um, that takes the story in a little bit of a different direction than anticipated. So, kudos to that. Kudos. Kudos. So, uh, everybody, uh, consensus-wise, liked this one? Yeah.
3: Didn't hate it. Didn't hate it. It was was worth a watch.
1: Yeah, I liked it. I think we didn't mind all three of these.
0: I got the impression there. Tad really hated one of them.
4: <laughs> I didn't hate
0: so he said, not did it just... <laughs> and, and this was the one I was worried about everybody hating. To be honest, hey, Rulzback, because you you know the movie definitely you know shows its low budgetness. It you
3: know? Well, let's like I I'll be honest. When I threw this idea out there, I was just like, "Let's all watch Megan," because I wanted you guys to watch Megan.
0: Yeah. Oh, you know, I would love to. I just I just knew. It would not be in the cards if I tried to make it to the theater.
3: It's on video on demand now, if anybody wants to watch it. But, uh, yeah, it, it was a fun group of, of uh, movies, all very different.
4: Yeah.
0: Awesome. Good deal. Great. Okay. Well, that is it for the topic of killer te- <laughs> uh, Killer Tech for this episode. But do not worry. There is still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. First, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we will be doing segments on the show. Before, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. That's what the N stands for, right? Yes. The PFPN is home to over 30 amazing shows, such as Brett and Tony with Ash and Abe. Woo! Hey! Have you guys heard of this one? No. No. If only we had somebody on the show that could tell us a little bit about it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, well, Brett, why don't you try
5: to explain it? <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, we're uh, Brett, Tony, uh, Ash, and Abe, and uh, we just uh, get together and uh, we uh, try to break down uh, topics, basically. Uh, last uh, last one we recorded, I think it comes out t- tomorrow, uh, is uh, Things We Don't Get, uh, and uh, that's a pretty fun listen. Hope you guys enjoy. <laughs> It is a great show,
0: and I also I really enjoy how is it every other episode you'll do a movie review
5: show. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, we throw in uh, every because yeah we do we do every other week, but then uh, then we throw in on our off weeks we throw in a bonus episode. Uh, this past uh, this past one was Plan Nine from Outer Space, yeah. a B movie classic.
0: It's a great episode.
5: So I don't know if you know this,
1: Mike. B movies are the best movies.
5: They are. B movies are the freaking best. So <laughs> that's why I listen to your show. Hell you.
0: <laughs> all right, yeah. So you could check out uh, you could check out Brett and Tony on the PFPN and all the other amazing shows. Uh, we will be right back after this. <laughs> Welcome back. It's segments time here at Attack of the Killer Podcast, and we're going to start off from hearing from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with shout-outs.
1: It's time for... Shout-outs!
0: Shout-outs!
4: Shout-outs! Shout-outs! Shout-outs!
1: All right, we asked, what are your favorite killer tech horror movies? And on our Facebook page, we got Attacker Hot Rod Hutchinson says... Some of my favorite tech horror movies are 976 Evil. Yes. <laughs> Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> Fuck yes. And, of course, the greatest one of all time. Oh, so good. Chopping Mall. Yeah. Chopping oh, Mall yeah. had the most deceptive tagline and poster I've
3: ever seen as a kid. Yeah. Well, no. we didn't get to watch any of those, so. No. <laughs> oh, <Gosh, laughs> <dang. laughs>
0: uh, almost, I almost put... Um, the robots from Chopping Mall on my list for the bonus episode.
1: (laughs) You would. Uh, Over on our Facebook group, the group edition, uh, we got Brian Clark. He says, Demon Seed is a strange one that shouldn't work as well, but as it does. Um, Hardware is a cool flick, and extra points because Lemmy is in it. Yeah. Um, But my favorite killer tech flick is Death Machine. Brad Dourif steals the show as always, playing a mad scientist working for a defense contractor to decide to design what he calls a frontline morale destroyer. Great action, a pitch-black sense of humor, and killer special effects. And yet, this underseen gem doesn't seem to even have much of a cult following.
3: See, you're back, gonna watch it. Yeah,
0: I think you had this on your list of possible movies, didn't you, Tad? I think so. Yeah. So I watched the trailer for it, and it just looked bad, so I opted uh, not. But now Brian Clark says it's cool, I may have to go back and watch it.
1: Uh, Tim Lennerer jumps in and he says, And it's got a prominent part for William Hootkins, the that guy of 70s, 80s blockbusters. <laughs> <laughs> and then Tim goes on to say, Colossus, the for... Bin, Forbin Project. An American supercomputer program to bring about peace teams up with its Soviet counterpart to do just that, using the threat of total extermination of the human race to make us behave. It looks like science fiction, but it's a horror movie down to the processing core. And Brian Clark says, Man, how did I not think of that one? Colossus (laughs) rules. And Tim says, Son, I am (laughs) disappointed. Jacob McLaughlin says Attacker Jacob says Chopping Mall Woo Because I like the Kill Bots Plus It has Barbara Crampton And Dick Miller in it Sure does It's also only 77 minutes Which is how long a movie Like this should be <laughs> <laughs> You and Ted I swear
0: Yeah
1: uh, Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny podcast Says Chopping Mall Or yeah. Dan Seed Yeah
3: Yeah She's got good taste Yeah Yeah. She does
1: and then our cleanup batter here on the Facebook, we got attacker Abe Kirshner. AB. Ooh. He says, ex machina. Yeah. And it's not, it's not a horror movie, but the crazy memory recording shit in strange days was used in a horrific way and was so <laughs> interesting. That's true. Those are true things. Thanks, hey, Abe. Yeah. Do you want to say hi to Abe, Brett? What up, Abe? That's right. <laughs> okay, guy's awesome. <laughs> um, we didn't have anything on Twitter, <laughs> but over here on Instagram, we got old school video underscore ink. Reeb. That's the Reebster. He says, "Halloween three will always be a fantastic tech movie." Fun. Oh, yeah.
0: how did yep. we forget about <laughs> yeah. that?
1: But one of uh, one of his favorite tech based movies is Death Machine. Oh, here we go. Awesome tech robot movie made even more awesome by starring Brad Dorff as its creator.
0: I can I am a big enough man to admit I made a mistake,
3: I guess. Can we just if do I'm a Brad made... Dorff episode now? Ooh, just we think. should. Yeah. That's not <laughs> a bad idea.
1: And uh, before we go, there's the answering machine.
3: Oh, let me get that.
6: Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian here. And it sounds like this episode we're talking about killer technology. And I've been reading some of the comments on the Facebook group, and it looks like you guys have covered almost everything. Not sure. I didn't see Terminator. Yeah. I did see Shopping Mall. I didn't see Short Circuit. (laughs) No love for Johnny (laughs) Five. They tried to kill people. They tried to kill Johnny Five. Shopping Mall was on there. Let's see. Robocop. No love for (laughs) Robocop. Did we say Deadly Friend? Not sure I saw that one either.
2: Oh, Oh, Deadly Friend.
6: Lawnmower Man. Lawnmower Man. class of 99. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to pick a favorite, and I can't go with Johnny Five. I guess I'll go Chopping Mall. That would be my favorite, and that's kind of the one that got me, one of the early ones that got me into loving horror movies is Chopping Mall. And we got Chopping Mall star at Halloween Plaza a couple years Mm. ago. My first Halloween of so don't forget Halloween of is coming up in October, <laughs> and I'll be here before you know it.
1: He's not wrong.
6: You guys, take care. Stay warm. Bye bye. Oh, Bye-bye.
1: Aww, thanks, Godzilla. You're so sweet, and he's definitely not wrong. It's coming soon. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, you too can get your voicemail uh, read on or. Er, Play it on the show. If you want to leave us a voicemail, you can give us a call at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us a voicemail, and we'll play it on the show. Thanks, guys. That's (laughs) shout-outs. What's that smell?
0: Do you smell that? What is that? Oh, it's recasting with Christian Slater. (laughs)
2: Salutations and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater, where we recast your favorite films and inevitably make them your not so favorite films with dead actors, animated characters, and the overall dregs of society. In the first episode of 2023, we're going to Vietnam, but before we go there, we got to go to basic training. Join us and the other enlisted men as we recast Full Metal Jacket. But, look, but first, let's sound off like we got a pair and tell you who our servicemen are. Reading for the role of Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, a role made famous by Arlie Ermy as series regular Don Knotts. Welcome to another season, Donnie. It's about time I finally got a role like this. Then again, anything's a step up from voicing a fish with fucking bifocals. What was his name? The Incredible Mr. Lipnick or something? I think you mean limpet. Like the iced tea? That's Lipton. James Lipton? (laughs) Jesus, forget it. Next up, reading for the role of Private Snowball straight from the San Fernando Valley is the dude, Jeff Lebowski. First of all, I'm like a conscious ejector, man. Like my friend Smokey. Walter's the one you want, snowball was african-american do i look fucking black to you you're acting like i got a choice in this this aggression will not stand man (laughs) tell it to the podcast network reading for the role of our reluctant hero private joker is another series regular bullwinkle moose welcome back Bullsey. Why, thank you, Christian. You know it's quite fitting you chose me for a role as a soldier. I'm used to getting shot at. Not only by hunters, by a, but by a Russian dwarf and his chain-smoking girlfriend. That reminds me of this 8 mm porn loop I want shot. You see, we all got together at this bathhouse. Once again, failing to stick to the script is series regular Gary Busey. Gary will be reading for the role of Private Pyle. A character who slowly loses his mind, I can say with the utmost cer- certainty he's been c- perfectly cast. Excuse me. <clears throat> anyway, we're at this bathhouse, right? We had a bathtub filled with potato salad. It was me, Pat Sajak, and Cloris Leachman. I had this crochet mallet, right? I took the top off and I screwed on this dual ended. Stop! Jesus. The horrors of war are bad enough. Don't expose us to this shit. Let him finish. (laughs) What have I told you about encouraging him? Plus, he'll take finish out of context. Reading for the role of private cowboy is the prince of fucking darkness himself, Ozzy Osbourne. I don't even know what the fuck I'm doing here. I'm a fucking Englishman. The closest thing i it that makes me a cowboy is pissing on the fucking Alamo, man. <laughs> I think by all of you would now would realize the bar is pretty low when it comes to qualifications around here. <laughs> here we go. Page, su- page two, scene two. <clears throat> Excuse me. Interior, barracks, day. Marine recruits stand at attention at, fr- at the front of their bunks. Master Gunnery Sergeant Hartman walks along the line of black blank flanked recruits. Excuse me. I am Gunnery Sergeant Hartman, your senior drill instructor. From now on, you will speak only when spoken to. And the first and last words out of your filthy sewers will be Sir, do you maggots understand that? The recruits sound off with the resounding Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit! I can't hear you! Sign up like you got a pair! The, the recruits sound off with the even louder, sir, yes, sir. If you ladies leave my island, if you survive recruit training, you will be a weapon! You will be a minister of death, praying for war! But until then, you are pukes! You are the lowest farm on earth! You are not even human fucking beings. You are nothing but unorganized, grabastic, amphibian pieces of shit. Because I am hard, you will not like me. But the more you hate me, the more you will learn. I am hard, but I am fair. There is no, no racial bigotry here. Here you are all equally worthless. And my orders are to weed out all the non-hackers who do not pack the gear to serve in my beloved corps. Do you maggots understand that? The recruits sound off with another in unison, sir, yes, sir. Bullshit! I still can't hear you! The recruits sound off with another louder, sir, yes, sir. Sergeant Hartman stops in front of a black recruit, Private Snowball. What's your name, scumbag? Man, Private Brown, man. Bullshit! From now on, you're Private Snowball. Do you like that name? Well, yeah, sir. <laughs> well, there's one thing you won't like, Private Snowball. They don't serve fried chicken and watermelon on, my, on a daily basis in my mess hall. Will you take it easy, man? Is that you, John Wayne? Is this me? Hartman stops across the barracks toward the sound of the voice. He snarls between two men on the opposite bunks, private joker and private cowboy. Who said that? Who the fuck said that? Who's the lo- who's the slimy little communist twinkle-toed cocksucker down here who just signed his own death warrant? Nobody, huh? The fairy fucking godmother said it. Out fucking standing. I will PT you all until you fucking die. I'll you until you I'll PT you until your assholes are sucking buttermilk. Sergeant Hartman grabs cowboy by the shirt. Was it you, you scroungy little fuck? Huh? Sir no, sir. You little piece of shit, I bet it was you! You look like a fucking worm! Sir no, sir! Sir, I said it sir! Sergeant Hartman steps up to the private joker. Well, no shit. What do we got here? A fucking comedian. Private Joker. I admire your honesty. Hell, I like you. You can come over to my house and fuck my sister. Sergeant Hartman punches Joker in the stomach. Joker drops to his knees. You little scumbag. I got your name. I got your ass. You will not laugh. You will not cry. You will loon by the numbers. I will teach you. Now get up. Get on your feet. You had best unfuck yourself, or I will unscrew your head and shit down your neck! Joker struggles and stands at attention. Sir, yes, sir! Private Joker, why did you join my beloved corps? Sir, to kill, sir! So you're a killer! Sir, yes, sir! Let me see your war face! Sir, you got a war face? Ah! That's a war face. Now let me see your war face. Ah! Bullshit, you didn't convince me. What, what's your real war face? Ah! You didn't scare me. Work on it. Sir, yes, sir. Sergeant Hartman, Sergeant Hartman speaks in Cowboy's face. What's your excuse? Sir, excuse for what, sir? I'm asking the fucking questions here, Private. Do you understand? Sir, yes, sir. Well, thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? Sir, yes, sir. Are you shook up? Are you nervous? Sir, I am, sir. Do I make you nervous? Sir? Sir what? Were you about to call me an asshole? Sir, no, sir. How tall are you, Private? Sir, five foot nine, sir. Five foot nine? I didn't know they stacked shit that high. You trying to squeeze an inch on me somewhere, huh? Sir, no, sir. Bullshit! It looks like the best part of you ran down the crack of your mama's ass and ended up as a brown stain on the mattress. I think you've been cheated. Where the hell are you from, anyway, Private? Sir Texas sir. Holy dog shit, Texas. Only steers and queers come from Texas, private cowboy. And you don't look much like a steer to me, so that kind of nails it down. Do you suck dicks? Sir no, sir. Are you a painter puffer? Sir no, sir. I'll bet you can I bet you the kind of guy that would fuck a guy curse him in the ass and not even have the goddamn common courtesy to give him a raach around. I'll be watching you. Sergeant Hartman walks down the line to another recruit, a tall, overweight boy. Did your parents have any children that lived? Sir, yes, sir. I'll bet they regret that. You're so ugly you can be a modern art masterpiece. What's your name, fat body? Sir, Leonard Lawrence, sir. Lawrence? Lawrence of what, of Arabia? Sir, no, sir. That name sounds like loyalty. Are you royalty? Sir, no, sir. Do you suck dicks? Sir, no, sir. Bullshit! I bet you can suck a golf ball through a garden hose. Well, I could probably snort something through a garden hose if you like. (laughs) God damn it, Busey. You were doing so well. I improvise, Slater. That's what I do. Yeah, and you gave the cast a silver bullet PTSD after you improvised with that bottle of wild turkey. Stick to the script, will you? Notch, you're up. I don't like the name Lawrence. Only assholes and sailors are called Lawrence. From now on, you're Gomer Pyle. Sir, yes, sir. Pyle has the trace of a strange smile on his face. Do you think I'm cute? Private Pyle, do you think I'm funny? Sir, no, sir. Then wipe that disgusting grin off your face. Sir, yes, sir. Well, any fucking time, sweetheart. Sir, I'm trying, sir. Private Pyle, I'm going to give you three seconds, exactly three fucking seconds, to wipe that stupid-looking grin off your face or I will gouge out your eyeballs and skullfuck you. One, two, three. Pyle purses his lips but continues to smile involuntarily. Sir, I can't help it, sir. <laughs> Bullshit! Get on your knees, scumbag! Pyle gets down on his knees. Now choke yourself! Pyle places his hand around his throat as if as if to choke himself. Just like Leachman and Sadak. <laughs> God damn it, Gary, would not will you finish this, please? God damn it with my hand, numbnuts! Pyle reaches for Hartman's hand. Hartman jerks it away. Don't pull my fucking hand over there. I said choke yourself. Now lean forward and choke yourself. Pyle leans forward so his neck rests in Hartman's open hand. Hartman chokes Pyle. Pyle gags and starts to turn red in the face. Are you through grinning? Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I can't hear you. Sir, yes, sir. Bullshit, I still can't hear you. Sign off like you got a pair. Say that. Yes, say, Jack. <laughs> That's enough! Get on your feet!
6: <laughs>
2: Hartman releases Pyle's throat. Pyle gets to his feet, breathing heavily. Private Pyle, you had best square your ass away and start shitting me Tiffany Cufflinks, or I will definitely fuck you up! Sir, yes, sir. This concludes another episode of recasting with Christian Slater. War may be hell, but stuck in purgatory, this show runs a close second. Until next time, this is Christian and the gang, signing off.
0: We have officially closed the doors on Insane's Picks Hall of Fame. So what is next here at Insane's Picks? There are so many great films that are considered to be what I call Insane's Picks, Uh, whether it be grindhouse films, Z-grade pictures, no-budget backyard movies, cult classics, or flicks just too weird to define. And not all of them are horror films. So for this next chapter in Insane's Picks, I'll be covering films that are worthy to be called Insane's Picks, but are not from the horror genre. For this episode, I'm going to recommend a film from the juvenile delinquent genre from the 1950s. Although juvenile delinquency and the fears it inspires have roots much earlier, it was the 1950s that parents' parents parental fear about their children rebelling and being influenced or threatened by delinquent children really came to a head. The moral panic of the 50s introduced a new perception of juvenile delinquency and its consequences and a whole subgenre of movies were born out of this that played into the fear of juvenile delinquency one of the worst of the genre and my personal favorite the violent years from 1956 paula is a, paula is the teenage daughter of two wealthy parents that give her everything she wants, except for the attention she deserves. So she looks for thrills as the leader of an all-girl gang that terrorizes the town, going around stealing, holding up gas stations, and eventually leading to murder. The gang breaks into the school to the school to destroy it but ends up in a shootout with the police that leads to two of the gang members shot and killed and the death of one of the officers so keeping a 57 minute film short uh, she is caught tried for life life in prison and oh yeah she turns out to be pregnant dies in childbirth and her parents are refused custody of the child because they did such a such a bad job of raising Paula the judge proclaims the child would be better off getting adopted by a family uh, rather than giving it to Paula's parents. This film was directed by William Morgan and was written by... Hold on your seats. That's right. Edward D. Wood Jr. Uh. <laughs> it stars Gene a uh, Playboy Playmate from October of 1955, she played the lead as the troubled teen Paula. This movie is full uh, of outrageously bad Edward dialogue that you would expect from him. Uh, I feel it is in top form for Edward dialogue, as we get tons of non subtle monologues by the judge forcing his agenda, the 1950s morality, and putting the blame all on the parents. The dialogue is typically laughable wood-fashion. It really makes me wonder if the movie's message actually worked back in the day and scared people of this juvenile delinquency epidemic, or if everybody just thought it was just as silly and goofy as we all do today. The film shouldn't be too hard to find. I believe it's in the public domain. Um, And if you are entertained by the odd writing styles of Ed Wood and have tendent but yet yeah, have tendencies to be just as annoyed with it don't worry this is the movie to check out as it is not even a full hour long i recommend the vinyl ears especially if you are interested in this 1950s juvenile delinquency sub- subgenre this is the one that truly shows just how ridiculous that hysteria actually was But then again, you may hate it at the same time. And you may hate me for recommending it. And I only have one thing to say to that. So what? So that is it for this episode of Attack of the Killer podcast. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, You can support the show, again, by going to jointheattackers.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and leave us comments. Uh, We also have our YouTube channel. All that fun stuff. So be sure be sure to check all of that out. And how about that Brett Royer? And let's hear it for Brett. Yes. Woo. Hey, hey
5: what thanks, have you been guys. Up to? What have
1: you been up to lately?
5: You writing anything? Uh, well, uh, working on a new draft right now of a novel, Big Hollow. Uh, whew, it's uh, taken a lot out of me. It's the longest thing I've ever written. So hopefully nice. uh, this fall. Sweet. Yeah. That's cool.
1: And, and the podcast going strong. That's exciting. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Just it's been pretty for my good. Invitation for this year. I'm just waiting. <laughs> oh, are you, are you coming on? I, Brett, I I ask you guys once a week.
3: <laughs> oh,
1: <laughs> is it my turn? <laughs> is it my turn yet? Uh, well, thanks yes. for being on, buddy. We <laughs> yes. appreciate you being yeah, here. No problem.
5: It's always awesome. Yeah. Having you thanks on. for having yeah. me, guys.
0: Yeah, you bet. Yep. Thanks for being on. It's fun. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Okay, so that is all. We will see you next time in the future. <laughs> Bye-bye, everybody. Oh,
1: no! Could this be the end of... Attack of the Killers!